and welcome to Being Boss episode number 67. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. Being boss in work and life is being in it. It's being who we are, doing the work, breaking some rules, and even though we each have to do it on our own, being boss is knowing we're in it together. Today is a very special episode because we are bringing Emily's partner in crime, both in work and life, onto the show. David Austin is not only Emily's main squeeze, but the father of her kiddo. And he's also her partner at Indie Shopography and the chief financial officer here at Being Boss. So we wanted to bring David on to not only talk about his role in Being Boss and his, you know, what it's like being married to another boss, but we also wanted to talk to him a little bit about the more administrative side of running a business since he does that for us. But first, talking about running the administrative side of a business, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. It's tax time and I'm starting to freak out a little bit, but I'm so grateful that I have been tracking my expenses and tracking my income in FreshBooks all year long. You guys, I do not have a degree in accounting. It, it's not something that comes easy to most people, especially creative entrepreneurs, but that's why FreshBooks is built especially for people like us. It's super intuitive. It's so easy to use. And a lot of it is so automated so that you can invoice and get paid quickly. You can import your expenses directly from your bank account and easily track them into tax-friendly categories and just run your business like a boss. You can try FreshBooks Cloud Accounting for free by going to freshbooks.com slash beingboss and enter beingboss in the how do you care about us section. All right, on to our episode, David. We're so excited to have you here. Stoked to be here as well. He's not. He's nervous as shit. All right, David, you're going to have to talk a little louder. Yes, I'm a little bit nervous, I must admit. It's cute watching him be so nervous. What are you nervous about? I don't know. It's just... I think he's scared of you. (laughs) Mostly he doesn't know what kind of ridiculous questions you're going to ask. I sent you a list of the questions I'm going to ask, but I did think of more that I want to ask. I'm an open book. Well, okay, let's start with this. How did you and Emily start working together? And if the story goes back further to how you met, um, Take it there that's cool too. To. No. But tell us, like, how did you start working, I guess, first for Indie Shopography and then Maybe tell the story of how we wrangled you into being boss. I started working with Emily one night when she was literally in tears over the laptop because she was working on all of her books and she hadn't done so for a really long time and was just overwhelmed. And, and by books, you mean like accounting Yes, her accounting books. Okay. And um, I was just, you know just distraught by how sad she was and I asked you know what can I do to help and from that moment on I started running the books for Indie Shopography and could take that off of her plate and allow her to get back to doing what she likes to do and it just kind of grew from there and I started doing more and more um, like invoicing of clients and helping with um, putting together contracts and basically all the like 
gross stuff that comes along with doing a business so that Emily could focus on the more creative side of it, which is what she excels at. And I am definitely not the creative type in that area. So it worked out well. You guys, I should, like, it's so funny watching you two record together. Like, I've never seen Emily so, like, blushy, flirty. <laughs> Blush, blurshy. Blurshy. Quit. I'm tired. <laughs> no, well, and I want to throw it in, like, I was bawling my eyes out. Like, I remember this night so perfectly. I was trying to catch up on bookkeeping. Like, in the early part of my business, I remember it was, like, I was very good about on Friday mornings, I would sit down and do my bookkeeping just for the week. And like early on, there wasn't a whole lot to do. So it wasn't a big deal. And then once business started picking up, and I, re I remember this summer really, really clearly because I was doing more projects at a time than I'd ever done. It was the same like summer spring that I hired Corey to help me like do some development stuff because I was getting like a business was go growing hugely. And I like bookkeeping was the thing that fell off my to do list first, which is always like a really big sign that that's the thing you need to be handing off and um yeah I think it, it was March so it was the same time of year that we hired Corey was also like countdown to like needing to get taxes done and I'm sitting there trying to do like six to eight months worth of bookkeeping in the course of like a weekend and David walks in and I am bawling my eyes out sitting on the couch. I remember I had my laptop hooked up to the TV. So I was using like a 60 inch television as my peripheral to do the bookkeeping <laughs> and I was bawling and David walked in and like, I don't cry super often. So whenever I do, David tends to freak out a little bit <laughs> and I'm like, it's streaming down my face. And, um, and he did, he was like, well, what can I do to help? And I was like, you just have to do this for me. And, um, and he did, he did it then. And then he always did it. And, um, I remember, I remember having a conversation about the same time where we were talking about like, you know, I'm really busy and I need someone to help me with development. I have all these projects going. Um, I had clients who weren't paying and, and like, it wasn't even like paying, I was really on top of like current projects, but like clients who were behind on their hosting and things, because literally I didn't even have the time to follow up with them to actually get them to pay. Like it was as simple as sending emails, but again, another one of those things that had fallen off my to-do list, which means we were losing money and I needed someone to take care of that stuff for me too. So as, as he sort of stepped into this like role of like doing the money, David also did that part of the money too and like in terms of um invoicing and then he ended up getting contracts and he does like business licenses so he really did just sort of get the the short stick <laughs> in terms oh. of doing all the gross things um but it worked out well because he always kind of wanted to do that right, right. <laughs> yeah so let's talk about that david i mean whenever emily is sitting there bawling about her taxes like if i walked in the room i would have started crying too so do you have experience in financials or accounting? Like, how did you feel confident just stepping up into that role? And what were you doing in the meantime? Like, I, I think, I remember, weren't you going to school still or teaching, like, at TA? Yeah, I was, uh, at that moment, I was a, um, what's it called? What were you doing? An adjunct instructor. Yep. Right. And um, so I guess to, to back up. I started out college thinking I wanted to be 
rich, <laughs> basically. <laughs> no, so I've totally told the story of David in his first like college class drawing a picture of himself in the future and it being on a pile of money. Yes, it was him sitting by a pool next to a pile of money because he just wanted to be rich. <laughs> yeah. Way to vision that out. Right. Like talk about mood board. <laughs> right. So I uh I went through I was about to graduate with a um a degree in finance and like a minor in accounting and I realized my prospects for getting a job that I actually enjoyed were very little or very slim and I had started taking kind of as a recommendation from Emily uh geography classes and kind of fell in love <laughs> because with that. that works so well for her <laughs> right <laughs> So David always liked being outside and I could tell he was getting really, really like just sort of sad in business school because it's business school. Like that shit sucks. And okay, but you got a geography geography degree, Emily. Now you're running an online empire. David was about to get a finance and accounting degree. You talk him into getting a geography degree. And now he's handling the financials and accounting of our online empire. So... I love a twisty path. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to make it clear, like what what went down here. That's 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 clearly what we're, what went down. Okay, so David, you keep going. Okay, so I stick with the geography path. I do really well, and decide I should get my master's in geography as well. So I do that, and then decide that I kind of loathe academics. And well, and, and I even want to uh, totally interjecting here. He really wanted to get a PhD. Like you wanted to teach. Like right. at that time, you were getting your master's because you wanted to get your PhD. And once you got into academics, you realize how much you hated it. In which case, you were getting a master's that would never lead to a PhD. Um, so it was just kind of a little bit of a hot mess. Okay. So moral of the story: If you want to run an awesome online business, get a degree in geography. Basically, is what I'm hearing. Yeah. About okay. So about. then what, David? Then what happened? Um, so after grad school, I was uh, just trying to do anything I could to use this education I had. And I found a job as an adjunct and was just doing that kind of part time just to like keep busy. Then that night came along where I saw Emily in tears. And it, it really did like it does really wreck me when Emily's upset because it's so uh, so rare that she's like crying and um it's so rare that i show emotion <laughs> i know i bottle those tears <laughs> who made the joke once that they probably cure cancer was that you probably asshole <laughs> okay so whenever you were adjunct teaching part-time i also remember every time i would get on a meeting with emily before we had the podcast we would either be having just like a monthly catch-up or a business meeting um, like David, you would always be like walking by in the back room, like grabbing a bike or like getting Lily's coat on to take her to ballet. So you were doing a lot of hands-on parenting and you guys do homeschool Lily, who is now eight. And so you were really, and you still are, and we'll talk more about that, just being a really hands-on dad and doing that while Emily was being boss. Well, I mean, we definitely share the, you know, the parenting's responsibilities, but I, I, I really really enjoyed taking that lead role I guess with Lily and yeah I I did a lot of things I never thought I would do with the like ballet recitals or <laughs> like figuring out how to put a ponytail on and all that stuff and it was kind of a trial by fire but 
um yeah i did i was pretty much the the super dad oh you are super dad (laughs) okay so is the reality of like what you're living right now is it much different than what you had expected like do you have that pile of money by the pool it's uh i would say i am extremely blessed and happy and grateful for what we have we um I don't get to just sit by the pool and drink all day, but I definitely get a lot of freedom to do close to what I want. And I I really enjoy it and I'm super grateful. So yeah, yes, I would say it. I'm there. Oh, it's all about, it's all about those, those vision boards, guys. Draw it out. Right. Okay, David, I'm curious, what is it like being married to a total boss lady? I feel like it takes a really strong man to handle a strong woman. But um, what's that been like for you? Give us some dirt on Emily. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a learning experience. And I say that in the best way possible. Um, Emily's always been like a side hustler. Like even in college, I think y'all talked about her tanning beds stuff. And like (laughs) at one point, I just had it all planned out in my head that I was going to do like going to be the like breadwinner, like the typical, I guess, male thing where you're like, you're going to like get the job and Emily's going to like probably just kind of put some of the stuff aside or like, I don't know, she was going to be the the super mom. You just got to adapt and like evolve as her business grew more and more. It was coming clear to me, like, this is what Emily does. Like, I, I think she would be stir crazy if she wasn't at least running a business or doing something of the sort. So just being open and knowing that, like, just because my partner is the breadwinner doesn't, like, make you less of a man or... You know, makes you more of one, honey. Right. Amen. Amen. Okay, so let me just paint a picture for everyone. So you guys are how how old were you whenever you got pregnant with Lily? Twenty one. Yes. Okay, so young in my book. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty young, David. You had a vision of being the breadwinner that Emily might just be side hustling and kind of raising Lily. But then it happens that the side hustle becomes the main jam and the breadwinning jam. And, uh, so it's awesome. And I guess like what I want to ask is at any point, even maybe now a little bit with Emily, especially having the limelight with being boss in the face of indie shopography, do you ever feel like, I don't know, butt hurt about it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, David, you ever feel butt hurt? <laughs> you know, like, I think there was a time where I did want to find some way to like, contribute like I was always asking Emily like what can I do to do more just because it kind of felt weird like I should I don't know just making more money aside from Emily like because if she were to stop her business as my boss or partner like I would have to stop and it it did for a while kind of make me feel a little uneasy I guess depending on her so much when she had so much on her plate already so it it did I guess for a little while but now it just doesn't even seem like a thing. I mean, we're totally in it together, and she doesn't even, I don't even think she would know where to begin with the books or, like, the, that <laughs> stuff. So it's, I, I've kind of, like, created my own sort of job aside and, like, that autonomy. So it doesn't, 
doesn't isn't even a thing anymore. Well, and like I even I want to go back and like paint even a more detailed picture of like how this all went down because David David was getting his masters and at that time that's when I was really like I started actually I started my indie shopography right after we both graduated. So we both graduated in December of 09. I think. And so by January, I'd started indie shopography. I was getting my first clients. And I was doing that because we were moving to um, North Carolina for David to get his master's degree, which like the game plan was for me to like run this business that was kind of doing it, which was kind of cool. um, Because the town that we were moving into had no jobs, like unless I really wanted to work at the grocery store at McDonald's and nothing's wrong with that, but I don't want to. um, I was going to have to make this business work so for me it was like for me indie shopography at that point was a side hustle like it was just something that I was doing on the side while I was raising Lily while David was getting his master's degree because he wanted to be a professor um, and master's was the next step and then as he did get into his master's degree he decided that um, like academia is fucked up guys like the university system is wrong in so many ways. And and as he was experiencing it, um, he realized that it wasn't really something that he wanted to do. So he finished his master's degree and started applying to jobs. And um, you would think that with a master's degree, and, like, we both got into geography partly because we were told that, like, the higher rate um, was, like, almost 100%. Like, everyone with a geography degree was getting jobs. But... They weren't. They really, really weren't. And so yeah, David they were was, all jobs running online businesses, right? <laughs> they were all doing their own thing. And so David, um, David was applying to tons and tons of jobs, and that was a really hard time for both of us. Like he had put in all of this work and all of this hustle, and he did. Like he hustled it out, um, and like nothing was happening. And uh, about that time, it was. Um, I guess I was still, I was doing indie still. I still hadn't really made it legit in my mind yet. Like it was still just something that I was doing to occupy my extra time um, and to just sort of do something that I needed to do because I always have needed to do something like that. Um, But until David got like a quote unquote real job and whenever that wasn't happening, like we had a like real kind of come to Jesus about like, then what are we going to do? And it was that time that we moved from North Carolina back home to Florence. And um, and that's when Indy started picking up, which was really, really awesome. And it's the time that it was about the time that, you know, I'm crying on the couch because Indy is really picking up and I need to hire a team that I decided like this is legit. Like I am going to do this thing. And not only is it going to be something that supplies me with some extra cash to do what I need um, and like a personal fulfillment to do like something on my own, but it was going to like legitimately feed my family in a greater sense. So um, it's funny how things just kind of worked out. Like it was really hard and it was really hard for both of us to make that decision for David to come on, but also at the same time to make indie shopography this thing that I was actually going to do, even though I was doing it, (laughs) I was really going to do it now. Um, So it all just kind of flowed together really well. I was talking to someone um, earlier about how, um, how she wanted her husband to come in and how it was going to be like a really big deal to make it happen. And for us, like for us, it, we almost just eased into it a little too easily in a way. 
there were some conversations um, and it was definitely a transition for both of us, but it wasn't like this showdown in any sense. And once he got in and started working, working with me and seeing like, like once I was freed up to work more, I was making more money, we could actually like start visualizing what it would be like for us to do it ourselves. And then not long into it, it was funny to like realize that this is what David wanted to do. He always wanted to like manage wealth but instead of doing it for someone else, which is what he was going to school to do in the very beginning, he was doing it for us. And that's way more rad than doing it for someone else. Definitely. <laughs> there you go, bosses. The story of how I cried my way into having David join me at Indie Shopography to help me take care of some of the grosser sides of doing business for yourself. You want to know something else that makes me cry or at least drives me up the wall? client phone call no-shows. If you're a boss, your time is precious and having a client stand you up for a meeting can feel like having them kick you in the gut. And then you spiral into the what ifs, whose fault is it's, and what do I do next? What can you do better? You can sign up now for Acuity Scheduling to help you get your scheduling under wraps and your clients showing up. Don't get stood up, stand up. With Acuity's automated reminders for clients, you'll never be left crying in your office again, at least not from no-shows. Schedule clients without sacrificing your soul. Sign up for a free 60-day trial of Scheduling Sanity at acuityscheduling.com slash beingboss. Now, let's get back at it. So, David, I'm curious. Um, we know that your role in Indie Shopography and Being Boss is handling our finances payroll, um, everything regarding that, keeping track of expenses, you know, that every time Emily and I go on vacation, like you supply her with a little envelope for all the receipts, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is hilarious. So Tara handles all of our finances on our side of things over at Brave Creative. And there is no envelope. There is no tracking of receipts because we do stressing it. David out right now. <laughs> we have it all automatically imported into FreshBooks. So it's there. Um, hopefully we don't get audited. Anyway, so I wanted to know, like, what do you love about your role in Indie Shopography and Being Boss and what's hard about it? And to follow up that question, I want to know if there's anything that you would recommend for creative entrepreneurs who are doing it all by themselves. They don't have someone on the side managing their money. Um, what would you want them to know about setting up their finances and really just all the, I mean, because we handle more than that. We handle a lot of our legal stuff, like our um, what it, our operating agreement and like you help us make decisions in all of those things. So how would you tell a creative entrepreneur who's working for themselves to handle that on their own? Well, to start with the, the creative entrepreneur on their own, I mean, it's a, there's a wealth of information out there on the internet. That's a good place to just start. There's usually a small business development center in a lot of big cities and you, as an entrepreneur, you, especially one who's like side hustling it, because I'm assuming at this point you can't afford an accountant. So you really got to tap into as many free resources as you can and um, make the most of those and find somebody who is a couple steps ahead of you that you can maybe mentor or just pick their brain, buy them a drink 
or anything you can to get that wealth of knowledge because a lot of the stuff you really read online is great but having somebody who's actually been there is huge as soon as you can i would also open a separate bank account that just alleviates so many headaches as far as tracking your finances and there's lots of great tools like fresh books for your accounting software and it really kind of makes it where if you're importing from a bank account which is why you need that separate one then you can have all those things just come in automatically so you don't have to like worry about missing an expense or something like that. This always overwhelms people, the opening the bank account part. And I just want to iterate how easy it is. The hardest part about it is filing for your LLC, but at this point or what, however you want to file. And you can file one way now. So let's say you're trying to decide between an LLC or an S-Corp. You can always change it later. But for now, like let's say you're filing for your LLC, you can do it online. And then you take that certificate to your bank account. You guys, it's really so easy. If I can do it, you can do it. You take it to the bank account and then they'll ask you for an EIN number and you'll say, I don't even know what that is. And they'll literally go online and do it for you. At least my bank did. But you can also apply for your EIN number, which is kind of like the alternative to your social security number. And if you're doing business by yourself, you could even probably just use your social security number um, to get the account open. So that's the easiest way to open a bank account, and it's not hard at all. So don't let that aspect of starting your business overwhelm you, because honestly, like even for your first year, you don't even need all that stuff. But it's good for keeping it separate, like you said, David. Yeah, and I I want to reiterate that that part about like using local resources. I mean, <laughs> David and I have moved our business three times <laughs> in the past five six years, and um and I have to say like those local resources are huge, but also go into them mostly with a grain of salt. So one of the things that we've learned is like checking things online is really important. Like um, a lot of states even have just sort of like a pre-done for you LLC form. Like you can literally just print it out, fill it in, mail it in, um, which is really easy. A a lot of lawyers will do that for you, but also most states have one just sort of pre-done for you, which is fine. Um, But go into a lot of that with a grain of salt as well, because one thing that we have also experienced is that even when there are local resources, most of them don't know what the hell they're doing, which is hysterical. Like we've run into that more often than not. Where, uh, where they don't actually know what licenses you need to file and they will send you around. Um, and this has happened in more than one location that we've lived. So, um, so go into them knowing that you're going to get some helpful information, but that you're also going to have to do some footwork yourself. And a lot of times online resources can be super helpful, but sometimes they can also leave things out. So that, that uh, idea of finding someone who's done it before you or are currently in it can be like the key to that because even with all the resources online and locally they can get a little spotty <laughs> so find someone to help you out and making friends with a um, a CPA and or a lawyer can be the best move you make all right so David what do you love about kind of doing all the admin side of running a business and what do you hate about it what I love the most is there's some part of me that just likes counting money. Like, I don't know if I'm like one of those, like, what is it? The goblins or something on Gringotts that like, just likes money. But like that is in me and I like to count it. I like to see where it goes. I like to make budgets and graphs. And like, if I can watch my money grow, that even just, that excites me in a kind of funny way. So like, I really like doing that. And, um, 
the parts that I don't like is I really don't like writing emails. I I imagine probably most people don't, especially when it's, you know, you're emailing somebody because they owe you money. There's um, kind of a special, you have to kind of have a special finesse to get your point across and not be a dick. So you, that's probably the most like strenuous part of what I do that I hate is just emailing. Well, and I, I agree. Sometimes it's really hard for David not to be a dick. Um, so I try not to be, I know it can be very difficult. Um, but I also, I think that one of the things he also loves about it the most, that is one of the, or one of the, going back to that laying by the pool with his pile of money is that when properly systemized, um, doing the admin part of your business does not take long. Like David is able, like actually while we were on our like 40 day road trip this summer, he, like, one morning just got up in the tent and ran payroll from his phone and then done. My job's, you know, done for the day. Or if he's um, importing his, like, bank statements from the bank to our accounting software and, like, he has it all systemized out so it, like, auto-categorizes everything. I mean, like, whenever properly systemized, your admin side of your business doesn't have to take a long time. So he does a lot. Like, he does a ton of things. But because he set it up properly, it doesn't take very much time at all. So he's able to lay by the pool and count his pile of money. A lot of people ask us or feel like maybe they don't have enough clients to sign up for something like FreshBooks. And the thing is, is that if you start using that accounting software, whenever you have one client, it's going to make it easier whenever you have two or three or four or five. So start with good habits from the beginning. There's something else, David, that you do that I love so much that I think every single creative entrepreneur should do just to keep their eye on their money. And that is you send us these monthly email reports where you tell us what generated income from all the different streams of revenue. And then you also tell us where we spent our money. And it it's a pretty basic breakdown, but it in some ways, it, I guess it like almost humanizes those financial reports and really kind of gives some context to it. And um, this is something that also my sister will do quarterly with Great Creative. And so I recommend to all the creatives listening to this to make your own monthly reports. And so David, I would love to hear how you kind of put those together? Like what information do you look at to create monthly reports? So most of what I do or what I look at is um, like your income statement. And that's something that every business owner should get really familiar with is understanding that income statement. And it's really not, it, it sounds scary just because of its name, but it, it's really, you have your, your revenue and your expenses and you take your revenue, you subtract your expenses, and that ends up with your, your net profit. Because there's usually a lot in there. And I try to just get the big picture stuff. Like if we just launched the product, we obviously want to know how much that product's making. And, you know, just comparing that to what you did last month, which is why you should do this on an ongoing basis. And also including the things that may not be on there, like we pay our people the month after they work. So making sure that that expense is not on that income statement for that month. So letting everybody know, Emily and you, what kind of level of work all the employees are doing. So we know what kind of expense that will be. And also looking at just like the, just showing where the big stuff is. Like, especially if you have a big like expense one month, it's good to make sure everybody's on the same page with what that was. 
Yeah, it's especially helpful for being boss because we get this monthly report and what it does is it creates a really good um, amount of transparency and honesty within our businesses. Like I inherently trust you guys so much, but those monthly reports just take it to the next level of actually seeing it on paper and making sure that all of our money is going into the right places. And if I have a question, which often I do, I'll just shoot you an email and say, hey, what, what happened here? And you'll simply explain it to me. And it's good also because Tara handles the finances on my side of things. And so, you know, Tara and you, David, will get on the phone often. Um, one of the big issues that we had with being boss is making sure that we weren't being taxed twice on our income. Um, so just things right. like that are kind of, we have a more complicated situation than most people will have. But um, it's really cool that you're able to kind of keep track of all of it and keep all of us up to date with what's going on with our money. Yeah, and I feel like just having that awareness opens you you and your business up to more growth. And it can also, it just reduces the stress you have. Like it, some, I know sometimes it can be really stressful as an entrepreneur. You're like, you're constantly seeing these expenses or wondering, and sometimes you have all these like, thoughts but if you look at your income statement you'll see you're actually making money and it can help you uncertainty is stressful certainty even if it is a loss knowing for sure it's a loss and how big of a loss is way better than just guessing because you're going to make it worse in your mind that is such a good point yeah i i think back to like my first couple years of business like whenever I was just sort of putting it in and not running reports like once David once David started taking over my books and like running reports and showing me really what I was doing it gave me so much more clarity on like on how well I was actually doing because again in my head like I was just hustling it out and I felt like I was spending a shit ton of money and I felt like I wasn't getting paid what I was worth I mean, it was very ridiculously stressful but once you're actually shown the numbers and you're like damn like I made a profit like that's kind of cool um because yeah it's so easy to to get into a negative place when you're just sort of hustling it out and you're not looking at the numbers I can't I can't recommend that enough either I think it's good all right I want to kind of wrap up the podcast by asking you guys a little bit more about how you balance work in life. So you guys are business partners in indie shopography. We all work together in being boss and you're um, partners for life, hopefully. And you guys have a kiddo together so that you are homeschooling. So you guys have a lot on your plates. How do you manage working together all day and then being a romantic couple? Or are you not? Like, have you just stop doing it i'm just kidding <laughs> but like no but really like this is like what goes through my mind like how do couples that work together manage to stay romantic like and that's a euphemism for doing it sorry i had to go there but not just that but like talking about do you guys talk about anything other than work like what is that like boundaries is the first <laughs> thing like we have really clear boundaries about when it's work time and when it's not after it's work time we don't talk shop and if we do we usually start out the conversation with can we talk business for a minute so it's like a mental like shift and then when we're done we're done and it's like back to real life do you guys have any sorts of routines or rit rituals that start your day so you know okay now it's work time and that end your day so that you know okay now it's time to just be home 
Yes. Um, and I think it's food. <laughs> so like in the morning, in the morning we get up and like we have a sit down breakfast every single morning, which is one of my very favorite things about like doing what we do. It, like both homeschooling and and working from home. We're able to get up every morning without an alarm clock. Like most days to us, like at least start and end like a busy Saturday, more or less. So we get up in the morning and um, we have breakfast. So, like I cook breakfast every day and then we have a sit down breakfast. And then David and I always take a cup of tea either to the couch or the front porch, depending on what the weather's like. And if we need to talk business, we'll usually start again, start it with like, let's talk about this for a minute and we'll talk about it. And then we just sort of talk about what our day looks like. We do that every day. Like, what are the plans for the day? And we'll sort of go through whatever meetings we have, whatever sort of homeschool things we're doing with Lily. And like during this time, she's like getting ready. She's like brushing her teeth and putting her clothes on and those sorts of things. And so David and I, oh, I cannot wait right? Oh, it, it gets better, honey. You just wait. And oh. um, and then like I head to the studio. So after tea, um, I come to work, and that's when David usually sits down with Lily and will either like she'll do math or she'll do her handwriting. And like during those times, David's on the on the laptop, like around the house somewhere sort of answering emails and things and they kind of do their thing out there (laughs) while I'm in here doing my thing and then dinner time is usually stopping time so whenever it is time for me to like leave the studio to go start dinner that's when like I I used to come back into the studio a lot in the evening but since we've especially since we've moved into this house I think I've worked at night twice like maybe at all and um so dinner is when it stops. So I cook dinner most days and I'll go into the kitchen and start dinner. We have a sit down dinner. We don't like, we really try hard not to talk business at the dinner table. Like that's one of our pretty hardcore boundaries. And then um, in the evening, we'll usually like watch TV or sit on the porch or whatever. Um, and at night, we don't really talk business either. Unless again, unless there's something that just needs to be talked about really quick, but we make it really quick and then we're done. Okay, one more question. How do you guys split up your chores at home? That's a good one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Did you see because that? Like, he just you know. <laughs> yeah, David, I'd love to hear this. Okay, you- Basically, I do everything. No. Uh, <laughs> no, Emily's usually, she's much better cook. So she likes, she ends up cooking more and enjoys it a little bit more than I do. Um, some probably like 80% of the meals I'd say Emily cooks. Um, and I always do the dishes and I think that makes it really well. Like she cooks, I enjoy the food and I do the dishes and we have dishwashers. It's not like a big thing. We both kind of and Lily unloads the dishwasher, which is, I think a super important thing to point out. Kathleen, he'll someday he'll unload the dishwasher for you. And then we have a maid that helps clean the house, like do the deep cleaning or like they're legit cleaning so that pretty much i mean it leaves laundry is that like once a week or? um right now it's twice a week no it's not I mean, no 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 it's no, no, once no, no. every, once other, every week. other week yeah sorry <laughs> right oh okay um who does the laundry both yeah kind of both i mean we we're pretty good about just doing it when it when it, like ongoing so it just never really piles up and another thing that especially when i first started working with emily that I really had to teach myself was separate like 
a relationship and a business both take a lot of energy. And sometimes I found myself working harder at the business than maybe the relationship. So I had to, you know, like I, we had a conversation about it and it was like, you know, you can't put business or energy into the business and expect it to like compensate for the relationship. It's, it's like two distinct uh, entities or whatever. Realizing that and like making that aware of it made a big difference for us. I feel like I just got sucker punched to the gut. Like. <sighs> Did you now? Yeah. Because Good. the therapy session now, I give so much energy to my work all day that like, and I bet this is normal for a lot of people, but Jeremy and I don't work together. But Tara and I have even had similar conversations as sisters. But at the end of the day, literally in the evening, I don't have much left. You know, it's hard to bring effort. And I think that this is something that a lot of creative entrepreneurs struggle with and kind of maybe even feel a little lonely about because they're just, whenever what you do is what you love, there's a lot of like energy wrapped up in that versus working a day job where you might feel like you can turn it off a little bit. I know for my husband, the place where he likes to spend his energy is at home because at work at his day job that he doesn't particularly love he's just kind of phoning it in i hate saying that about him because he works really hard but you know what i mean right yeah well and i also want to point out like there have been a couple of times in like this life together that we lead where you know we've both sort of had to sit down and have a conversation about what our separate workloads were like because like i would feel guilty because i wasn't doing enough like at home and David was feeling guilty because he felt like he wasn't doing enough at work and whenever you do live and work the way we do there's a huge blend and like a blend to the point where our energy going into separate ones isn't how you should look at it um so I think like that has been a really big transition for us is like is sometimes David you're going to do the laundry but that's like but I'm in here like having five client calls that are draining the hell out of me. And like that doesn't mean that he's not contributing and it doesn't mean that I'm not contributing. Um, it just means we're contributing in different places, but like in the same amount. Um, because neither of us are sitting down watching Netflix all day. Like I wish that were a thing. Um, and the same is true in business partnerships too. I know that, you know, for Tara and I especially, I love doing the things that she does not like doing and vice versa. And it always makes us feel like the other one is working harder because that would be hard work to us. But yes. when we're all doing the things that we want to be doing in our businesses, the business runs so much better and it's literally a dream job. Yeah, I completely agree. And and I think I think the key to that, both like with you and Tara and you and I and David and I is that like it takes like just open conversations about like you know I'm feeling like I'm not putting in as much as you are and usually the other person like if done right will come back and say well I feel like I'm not putting in as much as you are and then you have a cute little laugh about it and it'll be over um <laughs> because like everyone does have their own place in work in life like you both can't be doing the exact same things at the same time or else like that's just a waste of somebody's time and I think that having those open conversations like 
one will bring you awareness in that moment but it'll also bring some sincere awareness in like the ongoing relationship because like mine and David's roles have changed immensely both in work and life over the past couple of years and they keep changing like you know there will be some times when David, like when David's sitting on a hold with the IRS for four hours or, or like, or I'm sitting, you know, in four hours worth of client calls or whatever it may be. Like, um, I think that there are just sort of transitionary phases in any relationship. And David and I have decided to, to dive in on both like a romantic relationship paired with a business relationship. And I mean, I I would not recommend this for everyone by any means, but it works really well for us. And I think it would work really well for a lot of couples if they gave it a try. Um, but you do have to remain open every phase of it, um, just so you both like can stay on the same page. I think if if David or I ever got to a place where we weren't talking about things so consistently, I mean, David and I literally spend all day together every day (laughs) like and we're always talking to each other like we have a really great relationship and we talk about we talk about a lot of things and I I think that um I think that that openness is mandatory but it does allow us to create a life together that we sincerely love and we're both consistently like working together at um and to sort of reach the same goals um which is kind of an amazing thing I like it Okay, I have one more question for you, David. I feel like I keep saying that. But I'm curious if you have any side hustle ideas for yourself or passion projects or even long-term vision for indie shopography and your role in being boss. Like, what's next? Yeah, this is uh, actually something that me and Emily have been talking about a lot lately. And I want to find a way to help others, entrepreneurs who are struggling with the stuff that I do for Emily. And I don't know right now, it may be like a coaching offering or some sort of like e-course possibly, but something that I feel would help people get over this like fear of gross side of being an entrepreneur. All right. You guys heard it here first. Um, I would, I recommend, I think that you, sorry. Um, I think that you should work with people one-on-one for a little bit. So that you can like really, and this is what I always recommend to people. And this is what we're going to be um, talking about in our master class in Miami whenever it comes to digital products. And I just sent out a newsletter today about it. But I really think whenever it comes to wanting to create a product around your expertise, it is so helpful to work with quite a few dream customers. And that's the trick there. It has to be dream. A couple of dream customers one-on-one just so that you can really start to uncover some patterns and really see what the common threads are and the common problems are. Um, or, you know, maybe use Emily and the Being Boss platform to have just a few of those, Emily calls them three and 30 calls, where she takes three months to call for 30 minutes, where she's just talking to someone. And those are the best. They're so valuable for learning more about your potential dream client and how you can best help them. But I can't wait for you to create this service or product because I think a lot of creatives need it. So We'll be the first to launch it for you. We'll help you out there. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining the show. Is there anything else that you want to talk about or mention? Like, I don't think you have anything to plug. (laughs) 
Uh, um. <laughs> totally stepping in here. You can sign up for Indie Tactics, my newsletter, at indieshopography.com slash newsletter. And that's where we'll be releasing more info on whatever it is that David is going to have coming out soon. And you can also sign up for toolkits at toolkitsbyindie.com. And that's the place where David's probably sharing the most outside of what he does for Indie and Being Boss. Um, He is active in the Slack group there, sharing some resources and tips on the growth side of business, as well as joining me for some of those toolkits Q&A calls. So toolkitsbyindie.com. You can sign up for the newsletter there too. Um, David, we're so excited to have had you on the show. I can't wait to see you in Miami and catch up. Um, you are an awesome boss supporter, literally. Thank you for everything that you do in being boss. And, um, I know that we can do without you. So thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you both for making my job so easy. Thank you for listening to Being Boss. Please be sure to visit our website at beingboss.club where you can find show notes for this episode listen to past episodes, and discover more of our content that will help you be boss in work and life. Did you like this episode? Please share it with a friend and show us some love by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. And if you're looking for a community of bosses to help take your creative business to the next level, be sure to check out our exclusive community at beingboss.club clubhouse, where you get access to our closed and very vibrant Slack group, monthly Q&A calls with Kathleen and myself, a book club, and more. Cultivate your tribe and find your wolf pack at beingboss.club slash clubhouse. Do the work, be boss, and we'll see you next week. We just rake it in, he counts it. (laughs) 